I'm going to lean into you as you speak into Jeff's life. Hey everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beer. It's episode 175. This is Jeff. This is an impromptu Labor Day podcast. Zach, how's it going? Double X Nation. <laughs> Andy? It's the Labor Neighbor. Yes, Scotty. She's like, you smoking weed again? Yes, Scott's AWOL <laughs> again. Oh, boy. But hey, we hit the post. Yes. We're learning. Yeah, I think that was Upper V. Upper V? Uh, in terms of soccer references. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hitting the post is that thing... It's that radio term where you, if you're announcing a song and the song has a long intro, and then right before the vocals kick in, yeah. you're out with your intro, and the pros hit it every time. Boom. Okay. And so that's what we've been lacking is we go to Scott, and we're either out of time or Scott takes too long, <laughs> and we cross over when the music really pops. That's our post. And sometimes I'll take, I'll take credit for... Hit- missing the post is uh, my intro takes too long and then we get around yeah. to scott and scott's i'm like well scott you got a blip these are all good things that uh, we should say to scott if he were here well scott will li- <laughs> and if we were to actually have like a production meeting or something <laughs> production. yeah this is try to be an operation this is where we could tell him that we'd be way over budget if we did a production meeting but he's not here i want to know it the etymology of hitting the post in uh, the radio Talking up the song, frequently referred to as hitting the post or talking up the song, in the case where a piece of music or theme is intended to end at the end of a program, the start of the music is back time for its ending to match the end of the program. Oh, well, that's slightly different than what I described, but similar concept. Like hitting the post is not a good thing. Like when I think of hitting the post, I think of so- I think of soccer. My soccer playing coaching days, it's like hitting the post. Yikes. You missed the you missed the shot. I don't know. I don't know where they came. It came. I was hoping to find out how it got started, like why they came up with that name. Yes, hit the post. Speaking up until the lyrics of a song begin. Okay, there we go. You were right. You've proved yourself right. Perfect. I didn't get my answers though. I, I learned something today. We'll give. We'll put that to our team of people, and they'll do our research department. Figure it out. Gosh. So I've been trying to not, still not have drinks before or throughout the week. Yes. Just have stuff on the weekend and it's good. It's helpful, but man, it feels like I'm just learning how to have a drink of alcohol when it gets to the weekend though. Oh, meaning like. Just have a drink? My Well, no, just my body is not prepared for it oh. <laughs> anymore. By the time you get to Friday, your body is totally fresh and clean. And yeah. Then- yeah, and then I'll then I'll have a couple of beers and like just two beers. I'm going, oh, oh man, I'm gonna fill this one. <laughs> well, speaking of the uh, beers part of Bro, Bros, Bottles and Beer, uh, and not being prepared, mm. we, you know, we all went to the uh, an Angel Padre game last week and or whenever that was. Yeah, and uh, I had a, a friend come along with us, and he's a Modelo guy. And, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Talk about, and he's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a good sized man that, uh, can put down, you know, Modelo's and he had one or two IPAs like us. And he was like, I am toast. 
He became a man that night. I heard <laughs> I, I heard the extended version. He said he woke up with a headache. He had a hangover the entire day. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. It, Mission, it wrecked him. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> wrecked him. Damn near killed him. That's what we do. Yeah, seven Modellos compared to two IPAs <laughs> at 7.0. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to drown. Well, speaking of drowning, what are we talking about today, boys? Well, what are we drinking right now? I gave you... Yeah, what did you give me? Because it's tasty. It's the Deschutes. Deschutes. It's the Fresh Squeezed. No. no it's a it's pun on the... They have squeezy. Just... Squeezy something. Easy squeezy. Okay. I know it's squeezy. Lemon. Yeah. The Deschutes, Please me. The Deschutes Fresh Squeeze is definitely one of my top refreshing beers. Oh, Squeezy Rider. Oh, That's a pun that Andy would be proud of. I am proud of that. I'm proud of you, Deschutes. Now sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. As the uh, as the world's first craft podcast with an alliteration made up of all bees, I believe one of the best craft brewers in the world can sponsor us. Sure. Also, not? I have a double nickels from the local Docent Brewing Company. Docent Brewing, San Juan Capistrano. Your San Juan Capistrano Public House Double Nickels. They won a Great American Beer Cup or World Beer Cup. They won a medal. And if my eyes were better, I could read it. I think it might be a silver medal. <laughs> but it is a tasty pale ale. Yeah, gold medal in my my taste buds. So you're having double nickels? Double nickels on the dime mm. to go along with a little bourbon that you poured me, Andy. Thank yes. you very much. Uh, make cheers on the mic. Make Cheers on the mic. Wow, don't spill it. Wow, and um, so yeah, what what are we talking about? I I have a couple of things we didn't get to last time that are somewhere in my internet history, which is usually you don't want to go there, right, guys? Um, <laughs> they say hairymen.com. But, but Jeff, man, are you are you feeling okay? Your voice is a little deep. Are you are you fighting something off? No, what do, we're what, going there. What do you got going That's on? That's okay. I don't know. There, I just feel like your voice sounds different. The listener by. Okay. feel betrayed if we don't ask you what's going on in your life because yeah. your voice sounds so different. All right. So that everybody knows I showed up and I it just I'm, got deeper. I'm asked how, yeah, I'm asked, how are you doing, Jeff? And I'm like, I'm sad, which is might be the only time I've ever said I'm sad in my entire lifetime. Um, and But still out of five stars, how, how are you doing? Still 5.5 or whatever? I got to say I'm probably a 4.5. Oh, man. This is the lowest You're in the star shit. rating. That's the lowest star rating Jeff's an, ever given. It's an A-. minus. Um, anyway. But A- minus for you is like everyone else's <sighs> one and a half. Stop. You're going to make me cry again. Well, that's the point. Um, no, my I've been working on my mom's like slideshow for a memorial celebration of life that we're having in... About two weeks. Real quick, though, for the listener, we did talk about this. I think it was on one that Andy was not on. We might have recorded at a friend's house in their backyard when I was house sitting. Yes. Um, and we did talk about your mom's passing. But when was that? Just for the listener that hasn't heard, your mom passed away. That was July 17th of last year of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. She had... She had... We thought she had fought off, well, she had fought off cancer and then just in almost in days, 
she died of internal bleeding. And I have no, I mean, to this day, since we couldn't mm. advocate for anybody in the hospital, it was, mm. you know, she, she just, things went bad really quickly. And I remember just sitting with her the night before she passed and just making sure she was all right. And then waking up the next day. And then it was just, I, I can't go through that anymore. But, um, yes. Yeah, so she, she had died, um, on July 17th, 2020. And, and so here we are, you know, you know, uh, over a year later and we're going to have our, uh, memorial on September 18th. And I'm putting together this slideshow and there's music and I'm like, and there's challenges to it. And in terms of like getting pictures of family and stuff. And it's just, uh, I'm today I'm going through, I, I've been shying away from doing it because it just, it wrecks me every time. I'm just in tears, like crying like a baby. And well, you got, you got over here to Andy's house and yeah, it's like, Oh, Hey Jeff, how's it going? I, I was wearing Andy's VR goggles. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear, I hear Jeff say, "I'm, I'm sad." And I thought it was a joke at first because I was in the game. And then you start talking about it. I'm like, "Well, I guess I better solve this puzzle real quick, and then go tend to Jeff." <laughs> These dragons aren't going to kill themselves. <laughs> but you, to hear you say, "Gosh darn it, Jeff's always low maintenance." Shoot, I got to stop my <sighs> game. Jeff Ooh, needs an actual friend this time. Good God. Um. But to hear you say I'm sad and you meant it and then you go into it a little bit, that that's a big deal. Yeah. You're you're definitely the glass is half full to overflowing all the time and so there's a there's a weight up behind this process and it sounds like there's more stuff behind it than than there should be. Yes. And I'm a very emotional person, so I'm usually very happy. I'm still happy, but I'm you know, I remember over a year ago saying, you know, my mom lived as like, she was so positive. And so like that kind of got passed on to me, but then, you know, even right now, just holding back tears in thinking about, but the person who was always so happy is not here anymore. Mm. And that just, that's what wrecks me the most as I'm like going through all these pictures and playing music with it. The moment the tunes start going, I'm, I'm already like, teary-eyed and that is so difficult in putting these like photos together and um like my wife she chose a song from the lumineers and the moment it started i'm like oh yeah that's the song because i'm already crying Hmm. and and then um you know just looking at pictures while i'm trying to sync like okay play this song with like at the beginning and then I'm like watching the mm-hmm. pictures go by and thinking of the music and thinking of my mom and I'm just like, Oh, mm. I'm, this is perfect because I'm done. Like I, I, I mean my part of why I love living <laughs> is bringing emotion out of people, mm-hmm. whether it's laughter or tears in a good way. Like, and to feel the magnitude of a moment, and when I'm was listen was seeing photos and and seeing 
you know, friends that she's had through the years and seeing family and seeing her hold like my children when they were little babies and stuff and, and just mm-hmm. be with friends and then just be crazy, you know, like my mom was having fun with people I'm like this will get people to remember back or even think now like who who she was and who what she was in their life whether it was even for a fleeting moment or 20 years of a relationship or a lifetime with her um just captures that emotional quality that transcends you know us to just an amazing um place of just like man the the life that she lived and so that that was kind of that's part of my objective is like or any anytime you're doing something you just you want to be able to capture everything you can within with it whether it's like a memorial slideshow or you have a job and you're like i want to maximize this and i'm in the middle of of that and it's just bringing you know, serious emotion and sadness. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I, <laughs> I was, you know, for the last hour and a half before I even showed up here. Like I'm, mm. I'm toast. Um, and you guys are good friends. You're like, well, we don't have to, we don't have to podcast. I'm like, you know what? It, everything is always on the, on the table hmm. um, with me. And uh, and so this is just one of those, I don't know if you want to call it vulnerable, but just, it just is. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have, I'm like going towards the September 18th date. And at the same yeah. time, I'm like leaving with my son uh, a week before to go on like a almost kind of a rite of passage into manhood with other men. And he's going to be with us. He's 16 and we're doing a four day trip in the, the Sequoia national forest. And it's like, it's also, it's kind of a time for like him to just be with other mm. men and, and older men and, and mentors and, and friends of mine. And at the same time, I'm, it's kind of a, a time for me to, really reflect on my mom's life and I'm hoping to get time there to just sit on a log, literally sit on a log and stare out into just an amazing Mm. picture of mountains and sky and, and, uh, and appreciate, you know, the life that I have and, and friendships and, uh, and a mother that was just incredible. Mm. So, that's where I'm at. Where are you guys? <laughs> oh, I'm good. Everything's good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Things. It. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm uh, uh, pretty good. Hi, Dave. I, I'm uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, I gotta say it is cathartic and maybe you don't think it, but so many people, if you're listening, it's mm. so cathartic to just sit down with, with friends mm. and talk about real like pains and sorrows and or if it's great it's just good it's good for the soul can is it is it hard for you to sit in this 
in this emotion? Do you feel like I don't push it away? You don't push it away. No, that's good. Yeah. And I think that's the point of, I'm like, I realize I'm a very emotional driven person. So uh, there have been times where I've, where I've, I haven't wept, but I've, I've kind of been very teary eyed in front of even my, my, my students as a Mm. public school teacher. Mm. Like we, like we'll be sharing stories and I'll be sharing something and I, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a, an adult man, Mm. 48 years old, like, like a little bit teary eyed in front of my students, but there's something great. There's some greatness in sharing emotion like yeah. I, I'm real. Yeah. I'm a real person. I'm I'm a teacher or whatever it might be. Um it's the people that I've that I'm like, are you real? When they're just they're going through craziness and they're there's no emotion. I'm like, Are you holding something back? Are you okay? That I question I'm like, I know we've got emotions. We're humans. It's like it's just something I do. It seems normal. So there's nothing that's held back. Um, there's always a question of like, am I in the right environment to be doing this? Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. There, I mean, there's definitely the people that you know and love and know you as well, which will allow a, like maybe a, a, a deeper, more vulnerable version of that to come out versus like, you can get we can get emotional in front of strangers and it might look a little bit different than right. if it is right around our best friends i i'm getting a little emotional thinking about i i zach came over after he took his vr goggles off and he and he held me and i i think he held me for i mean and i and i the listener he actually picked jeff up <laughs> And like a baby, like a baby. <laughs> just just cradled him. No, it, and he he. I wiped his hair out he of his, just, he, out of his okay, forehead. Don't 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 there. Jeff. Don't cut this off. There. And Jeff. he just he gave me a hug, and mm. and I and I was there for thirty. It felt like thirty or forty seconds, and I'm and I'm I'm pretty much like in tears, and and I I'm like. This is, I need this. Mm. So I appreciated that. Well, and it was a selfish hug because he had enveloped you so much that I couldn't even come in there. I tried <laughs> you to. You did, you did. I you tried. Did. I'm like, there's no room left. You've hogged all of Jeff. Thanks a lot, Zach. You've I, hogged him. I enveloped anyway. him. I mean, I got it long arms and I, they went all the way around. I think I was able to tickle the opposite armpit. <laughs> you went around like, opposite. you went around twice. Twice, yes. <laughs> you... And I'm like, there's no Jeff to go around. So fine, I'll just tap him on the shoulder. But I knew I, I could, there's like the tension even now. Like there's, there's like wells of tears I can mm-hmm. see in your eyes that have the potentiality to come out. Right. Um. If if the right trigger happens, so we're working for that. <laughs> yeah. But I just uh, knew there's that tension, and when I know that the the hug, because it's been done to me, and it, then you just can take that deep exhale yes. and just release. I and took a deep breath and I'm like, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Zach, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scott's always a contributor. You know, it's, it's funny. I think those, 
those kinds of things when we when we recognize how important human touch is and and how hard last year was by just eliminating or removing a lot of human touch like what we needed what how important that was you know and and i think i get reminded of that in in a situation like this where oh yeah that's right there's sometimes there's no there's no other substitute for this like to have someone come and give you a hug and you just sit there for a minute and right and it allows you to release right you don't even realize you don't realize it no until it's it's happening and you're like holy holy crap i i didn't really realize mm. that i needed that yeah and and it, it's it's life-giving it's oxygen to my soul mm. so i'm trying to hold back tears here why <laughs> so let's maybe oh look at you you're like this. let's dig for tears guys hey you, you say you're open but then there's still that well no because if a, i start crying i will not be able to talk anymore i know i know um but there is that our impulse i, I don't know if saying as men is is uh i don't know i'm, I'm just gonna leave that there whatever that means to you but our our impulse is to hold back tears right like even when you're like when I'm crying, I was I was by myself. Um, well, not by myself, but um, the other night I was watching. At least went to bed early, and I was watching Interstellar, the wonderful Christopher Nolan movie, and st- starring Matthew McConaughey. And yes, I mm-hmm. will objectify that man. <laughs> He's a beautiful human being. Mm. One day, gosh, how about a bucket list item? Can you guys help me achieve this? I would. I want to smoke weed with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I thought how? you said you were going, wanted to go to like interdimensional space. <laughs> nope, nope. Just smoke weed with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, the space would be nice too, but how do you think we're going to help you with that? I don't know. <laughs> this this, this is segueing to our CBD sideshow worldwide. This podcast goes into the universe. It goes interstellar. It does. So. Fingers crossed. Somebody might know him, but watching this movie and it always hits me hard. It's got the the father daughter motif throughout. He he leaves his spoiler alerts. People, if you haven't seen it, everybody's that's seen it. a reflection on you. Um, and we can't be friends. But you don't get the hug. You don't get the hug that releases all of the tension. <laughs> well, not all of it. I mean. Yeah, anyway. you still have like 75% left. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, father-daughter motif. He leaves his kid. The kid's bitter. Goes into space. Time is relative. It's different for different people. The kid grows up, gets older. I'm totally cheapening it. But yeah. when... He, I mean, he sees... He sees... He goes and sees his daughter again, who is older than he is, and on her deathbed. And she tells him, yet yeah, nobody... A parent ne- never should see their child die, which is just this weird twist. Um, mm. And of course, having lost a kid, it's like, mm. there's that. Plus, I have two daughters that are just glorious human beings. And Gwen, my younger, was sleeping on the couch next to me. She had fallen asleep. Mm. And so I'm like watching her sleep. Everything is connecting. I already 
have like some, um, my emotions are already a little bit on high for other reasons. Um, and so I just had a couple good cries throughout that movie. And then at the end of the movie, I would just like, it hit me like it had never hit me before. And I'm just like watching my daughter sleep next to me and just feeling all yeah. of the feels and having such a good cry. It's so therapeutic. Mm. And uh, then I wake Gwen up to, it's time to go upstairs, time to go upstairs. She shoots up really fast from the couch. Uh, what if I only want to buy one app? I don't have to buy all the apps, do I, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> It's one of those things where she's having a dream oh and she oh just starts gosh. talking. Oh my gosh. Do I have to buy all the apps? I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> yes, you do. And I'm going to take cash up front. Yeah. Go get your wallet. But oh. why did I start? I didn't know I was going to finish. That's what she actually did. It's a great punchline to that story. But I, it felt so good to just, it's one of those things. I don't, I often will hide not knowing I'm hiding stuff that needs to be dealt with. And then it will be moments like that where it just comes pouring out. And yeah. And after it's out, I'm like, God, that feels so good. Mm. Why do I wait so long to do that? Um, mm. And I think, okay, next time I'll do better. I'm not going to bury that way deep down inside. Yeah. Uh, but then somehow you do, you know, I don't, I'd how, like to work on that. But. How did your parents model uh, their emotions. Zero. I had zero. Oh, I thought you were talking about my parents. I was like, how do you know, Jeff? I <laughs> creep. I don't remember. So I don't know if my parents argued, but I, I've told my wife this. I'm like, no, nobody, there was no yelling in my house. It was no arguing. There was no emotion. There was no hugging. I don't know. I, I, maybe. I don't Can know. I say that does sound like your dad? Oh, that sounds like. Oh yeah, from my, what I know yeah. about your dad. Yeah, this is my father. <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> your dad is a German. <laughs> he maybe. Uh, yeah, my dad knows. It's unknowable, Andy. Yeah. It feels like it feels knowable. <laughs> I think this could be knowable. my wife. Also, that was a really yeah. good accent. It's like it's in your blood, Jeff. <laughs> to, oh no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you know what I was going to say. Accents are in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Slowly shifts to crime. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. Oh uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, no emotion in my. There was no emotion in my family um, at all. I don't remember. I'm. I don't remember. I love yous. I don't remember hugs. I remember like. The cl physical touch, which I'm a huge physical touch yeah. person. Like I need to like let's hug, let's mm. shake, let's. And you do have the physical touch wall calendar for 2021 <laughs> on your wall, so you, big fan. Here's me with the side hug, <laughs> <laughs> especially for women that aren't your wife. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, gosh, um, and, and <laughs> lost my train of thought. So the. There was no, um, I do not, I do, the only time I remember any physical touch was like at night I would, you know, my parents would be like, you got to go to bed. I'd be like hiding behind a couch or something, not wanting to go to bed. And, um, but they'd be like, okay, time to go brush your teeth. And I go, and then 
I'd be like, Dad, will you scratch my back? My my dad would come in and would like he would scratch my back and would kind of put me to bed. Mm. Um, and that is probably the extent of physical touch. And I would nod off and wake up in the morning, and, and so I just remember my dad just scratching my back at night to put me to sleep. Um, and and now, um, like later in life, I. It, that continued, and I don't know what. And I'm not talking about when you, Dad scratching my back. <laughs> you you still hide behind the couch when it's time to go to bed. Tanya's like Jeff. Jeff, this has got to stop, bro. I can see you. You're you're a grown ass man. You don't fit behind the couch. Also, why is your dad? Your dad needs to go home. You can't scratch your back every night. Uh, we can't all fit in the bed. But. I think, okay, this is going to go where you, I don't think you intended Andy, but. I don't know if I had a direction. But I remember, um, like, there was, so there was no emotion ever in my family, from what I recall. Other than, things are pretty good. Yeah, it's good. Right. It was like, oh, dad works, mom takes care of the home, raises the kids, dad comes home at five o'clock, mom's got dinner on the table. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, ah. we sit around the television and, and we watch, you know, the whatever my parents are watching. And <clears throat> going moving forward, there my dad has really never been a, a hugger. And I've given him like some hugs, or I go out to where he lives now outside of Boise and you know, I'll give him a hug. And one time he started to pull away and I I like gripped, I like double gripped his back, like, mm. and I kind of pulled him in and I liked it because it made him uncomfortable mm. because I'm like, okay, there's something in my childhood that whatever, or your, your lives mm. that moving forward and you're, you're from his parents. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you're passing something on, which I have completely flipped like mm. Jesus has flipped that for mm. me because I was a very introverted person, like literally all the way up until I was, you know, became a believer. I was an introvert. I lit, I kept to myself. I mean, I did like, I ran a, a soccer program and stuff, so I'd have to approach people, but more it was for like me, like I yeah. can change your children's lives. And, and gave him the spiel. But outside of that, I was, I kept to myself and I wasn't mm. like, let's go after people. And, and so now that I'm, I'm in that environment or I'm, I'm like, that's where my heart is like holding onto my dad. And he's like there for a moment. It was, he kept pulling away and I didn't let him go. And he kind of stayed there for an extra second. And I'm like, that's good for now. Mm. And I like l- let him go. But, you know, I don't think he received any, anything from his parents. And that's just mm. the life that he grew up in. And same with my mom. So um, it, it's a fast... But your mom somehow flipped that on, on its head. Um, I mean, well, actually, I don't know. No. I just know she was a delightful human being. Yes, yeah, she was. But in terms of Not physical... Not so much physical. Yeah, physical touch, I... I, I 
don't ever remember that being like a thing in our family ever. Hmm. Um, it, it was just, uh, it, there was not much emotion. And I remember hmm. uh, my mom first coming to our church, um, to Mountain View and she was, we were sitting together and I don't know what service it was. Might've been Easter, might've been Christmas or something like that. And, I remember reaching her biannual visit. <laughs> I remember reaching over and holding her hand and which I'd never held my mom's hand. Mm. And this is probably eight years ago and I'm holding her hand and we were just listening to music or somebody was giving a message or whatever. And something prompted me to just do that. And she's, stayed with it hmm. and it she was, didn't pull away no it was never talked about or anything like that but i'm, yeah. I'm like i'm literally praying hmm. like about relationships and about like you know jesus just my mom was raised a catholic and there's that that's a it's a good thing but there was it felt like there's something hmm. there always felt like there was something missing and, but that's me. I'm, I'm always thinking that people are void of something and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fix you. Mm. And, uh, but that may be my, my blind spot. So uh, growing up, you didn't, you didn't have parents who modeled what it was like to cry at things when you're sad. No, never. What, no, it, it was just kind of uh static emotional state of things are pretty good and I'll, and I'll stay in that zone. Yes. Um, that's gotta be hard as a kid, especially too. I mean, were there times when you were growing up where you would, yeah, but you don't know any different as a kid. Yeah. So like life is life. I mean, if, if, if a kid grows up in, uh, you know, a, a family where there's no dad and there's like, you know, it's, the it's gang infiltrated, you know, inner city stuff. Like the kid doesn't know any different. So it's like, life is good. Yeah. Be like, if you question that person, like, how can you live this life? It's like, what are you talking about? This is my life. Were there ever moments where, can you think of any moments where they, it did express some other levels of emotion and, and what that made you feel like in the moment? The only time that ever happened is when I overheard my mom talk about, being separated from my dad and I had no idea that that was happening. Mm. And my mom realized that I heard her in a hallway talking with another man in our home while my dad was out of town. Mm. I like thought about this, um, years ago. I'm like, Oh my God. Like my dad was gone on a like work trip. My mom had some guy over and they were moving a ping pong. I'm like, as a kid, it's etched in your, those things are etched in your mind. Yeah. And, I remember hearing my mom say, well, you know, with John and I, my dad getting separated and I'm like, what, what? How old are you at this point? 11. I go up, I like moving upstairs up to the second floor and my, and I can hear my mom coming up the stairs and I go into my parents' room and, and my mom's like moving down the hallway and then she comes into mm. their bedroom and I, I'm, wait is that how you found out they were getting separated yeah and I sit down she almost said it in passing well 
she was telling. Or did I miss something? She was having a conversation with the the gentleman that was helping her. Oh, you you overheard it. I overheard it. I overheard. I was like, you overheard her talking to this gentleman about yeah, in our house, and yeah. that's how you found out. That's how I found out. That and sucks. My, yeah, and I remember going. I remember her sitting down with me on the bed, and she sat next to me, and she's like, "What did?" did you hear something? And I'm like, yes. Or, or I, I don't even know if I said anything. I just maybe nodded my head. Mm. I just didn't know what was happening. I just knew that. And I've told this story before. Like there was a, like an earthquake in mm. my life that was happening and I could feel it trembling, um, figuratively spanking. And she yeah. just said, it's not like she then un took the veil off and mm. tore like, literally tore the veil off and goes stuff like none of this is your fault mm. and and she got to that part as a mother it's like protecting your children and and like and she was she was semi emotional like everything's going to be fine you're going to be, it's okay. None of this is your fault. Yes. Your dad and I are mm. going to be, you know, and that was the most I've ever seen my mom. Um, not in a place of just like happiness or neutral. Mm. And that, uh, was, that was the most I ever, I knew something was yeah. as a kid. Yeah seeing no emotion and then, and then not only seeing, but feeling the emotion from uh, your mom who had never really shown any emotion. It was like, I mean, my mom was always a happy person, right? but there was never this stress. Yeah. I've never, I'd never felt stress as a child until 11 years old. Like it was literally like, <laughs> like every year, every day was just, good there was nothing to worry about ever like i was hmm. the good kid at school the teachers loved me my parents loved me i had a little sister that i loved to prank on i just i was a popular kid it my my backyard was where everybody played sports and then hmm. one day everything shattered hmm. and so you know feeling that emotion from my mom that was i'm like okay something is wrong and so that was uh, that was a fifteen minute uh, ever you know emotion of family. That's that was my yeah. That was that was my bit. That's where everything shifted in life. I love, um, well, it def I love stories of and trying to pay attention to my own life. Like, how can I move the ball forward from the previous generation? Right. It definitely sounds like Jeff, you're. Are you more affectionate with your kids intentionally as a result of the lack of affection? Or do you think there's other habits you notice that, ooh, maybe I should break that a little bit? Like how, do you guys have examples of what your parents gave you compared to their previous generation? I yeah, I know. And how you are moving the ball forward. And then even more fun and difficult to do is because we have biases that protect us is like, in what ways are my kids going to do things better than I do for their kids? And I just threw a lot of stuff at the wall. 
So take it and do what you will with it. So I want to be affectionate with my kids. I think with my with Chris, my oldest boy, Christian, um, I was very affectionate, um, and and I and I have been it, when when they started getting older. You said was. Right. When I started getting, when they started getting old, I still like, Christian is like, (laughs) I almost said the golden child, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. Christian is my oldest boy. He's my firstborn. I mean, he can do no wrong and he's got a head on his shoulders and he, he, he takes after his dad and he loves his mom and he shares things with oh, that's his, why you love him so much. He shares things with his mom and and she's like, Why is he sharing these things with me? And I'm like, I I don't maybe it's because we love him. Like he feels like he you know, he has trust and yeah. and so I've never said that to my wife, but just in my own brain, like that's what I would, would say. And but my, like, yeah, I'm affectionate with all my kids. My my wife is less affectionate because she really grew up like my parents, mm-hmm. like no affection, and and so this I feel, you know, I feel like when I go to hug my daughters, like every once in a while I go to hug my wife, and she's kind of like, ah, I don't want to be hugged, like, ugh. I'm okay. This is getting a little personal, but there's that's good pod. Jeff. Something that my my wife, her family passed on to her. It's like affection's bad, mm-hmm. and she said that she has said like no hugging. No, I'm like whoa. This is my that's my world. That was my world. Like yeah. that's I grew up with that. So I have chosen I've chosen a partner that was like my parents and. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a Freudian thing? I think I Sigmund know. Freud is doing like high karate kicks in his <laughs> grave right now. Like, told you. <laughs> and and so there's there's something there where I'm like I'm going to break down my my girls to where they. I mean, it's impossible, but like I'll go to hug my daughter, either one of my daughters, and they will literally stiff arm me. Like you're not getting anywhere near me and it'll, mm. it'll then be a game. Like I'm going to, ah, come on. I'm going to hug you. I'm giving you a hug. And then everyone, it's just almost a time. Give your father a hug. Yeah. Hug him now. <laughs> it's almost like a time. It's almost a timing thing where like even today or yesterday, like I kind of came up to my younger daughter and I, I gave her a hug from the side and just put my arm around her. And every once in a while she'll kind of pull away and I stay there. I'm like, oh, she's staying there. But there's, it's not even, it mm. may be for her. Like my kids know that I just keep coming after them. Mm. And and like that will always be ingrained in them. Mm-hmm. Not, that will not go away. Mm-hmm. And 30 years from now or, or when they get married or whatever, like I'm like, you'll never be able to say mm. that, you know, their father wasn't coming after them to be a great father. And the and so like i don't stop the more they're like don't hug me i'm like i'm going to try and continue to hug you 
that's there's nothing that will stop that so um whether i whether i get an embrace and we hug or you just keep pushing me away and i keep coming and then we're like all right i'm exhausted um you know tomorrow but to me that that fight for affection is a good thing um because it's a healthy thing and and all the while you know i'm like i'm like ah, i wish i wish my wife was more affectionate because i think if she was more affectionate then my my girls would be more affectionate towards their father and i kind of do that dance in my brain mm-hmm. Put some Molly in her food. <laughs> what? Just some ecstasy or something. Oh my gosh. My first dog's name was Molly. <laughs> Just a little put a little bit of Molly in there. It's a cocker spaniel. It's a cocker spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> or whisper. There. Yeah. Just my hey, whisper. It's a cocker spaniel. Oh, we're going Joe Biden. I bet his hair smelling great. We'll smell that. I'll smell the shit out of that cocker spaniel. Dog looked like it had a perm. It was like four days ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but to end to end this part, well, at least I'm going to uh, years years ago, and probably the first five or six years of our marriage, my wife mm-hmm. always was like, "You're too good for anybody. You act like that." And uh, then when that shifted completely, mm-hmm. I think it might have gotten uncomfortable for my wife. Like, holy crap, you're an affectionate, loving man, mm-hmm. and I'm a little thrown off by that. And I don't know what my wife would say to that, mm-hmm. but. That's maybe she was what she saw she was comfortable with. And then when things shifted and I'm like, I love everybody and I want to hug and I want to talk and I want to share. And uh, will you share? It's like, okay, that's not, that's not good. Yeah. So there's, it's weird to imagine uh, you pre current, version of jeff i I can't it's hard i don't i can't i would not be here zach you didn't know you didn't know jeff 1.0 did you i didn't know introvert jeff as he says it but i'm guessing there's introvert with caveats i don't know you zach doesn't want to believe it it's like a real it feels like it's relative like yeah like your your introvert is like is it is it would it be comparable do you think to most people's definition of an yeah, introvert. I think if we go back to the, like how are you doing on a five point scale, yeah. your four point five means like everyone else is shitty. So your introvert is like most people's extrovert, but okay. I will oh. allow it. I will allow it. <laughs> okay, let me give you an example. Junior year, I was coming back. I was I went to junior high in Garden Grove. Were you wearing sweatpants? No. Um, what color red were the sweatpants? None. None. You're an asshole. That's so good. We'll edit that out. Did you hear uh, what I said? I said, what color red? It's <laughs> so perfect. Uh, we'll edit that out. But I was, I knew some of the, the kids at, at school cause I knew them from junior high and I'd moved and then I came back, uh, my junior year of high school and I was, there were the sim, like, I'm like, mm. okay, I know some of these people, but I went and, and I sat around a corner of a building at our school and I just sat and read a book. Okay, I don't like reading, but I was so introverted that I just didn't want to be around people. Mm. I was uncomfortable. I was insecure. I had no confidence whatsoever. Mm. And that was me. 
And I I literally was, I remember people coming up to me and like, hey, didn't you go here? Like, didn't we go to junior high together? I'm like, yeah, I was, you know, yeah, I moved away and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, we remember you. I'm like, oh, okay. And that was the gist of it. But I was never the, I was never wanting, certainly never wanting attention. Yeah. I played golf. Like, you know, <laughs> give me a white ball and a club and I'll play golf. Like that's, that's what I did. And, and, and that was, that's, you could say it was an like introverted heaven. Mm. Like I'm out on the, I'm out on the course by myself. Yeah. I don't have to deal with anybody. Um, that was my life for many years, even through high school and into college. Like I just loved being on a golf course by myself. I would play tennis with people and then I started a soccer program, but it was more like I loved like teaching people. Um, but I think when I look back, it it was probably all about me and trying to make up for something. I had serious, serious problems and I didn't really realize it. And uh, I was just thrashing people left and right. And I like in whatever I said, or I was mm-hmm. egotistical or whatnot, but an introvert, egotistical a-hole is you know Mm. pretty much sums it up um Mm. but that stuff doesn't come out until you hit any challenges and when i hit challenges like that all came out Mm. but you know wanting to be someone who just is by themselves and also kind of wants to come through for you know for egotistical ways like that was my life for many many years Mm -hmm. whether people knew it or not and and uh, I literally kept to myself. Like I had no friends for many, many years. And uh, I was just searching for trophies and first place stuff. And like, you know, trying to even become like, oh, I'm going to be the U.S. national team coach one day. And like, and people will not even know that I'm coming. And Dude, um, you were like Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> nobody, nobody liked you. Exactly, you weren't friends with anybody. You were just no. golfing. Yeah, you ate pieces of shit like Adam Sandler for breakfast. <laughs> it didn't taste good. Uh, <laughs> no, and then uh, that's why, and and totally, yeah, like un like I was untouchable, mm. and I was I I was unemotional. Ooh, that's. I was untouchable, untouchable, combined and, with your proclivities for physical touch. No, and unemotional as well. Like winning. Jeff was unavailable. Yeah, totally unavailable, totally unemotional. I was, I, and that was. That's why, like, the Jesus moment is mm-hmm. like. That's why people are like, today. I can't. No, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I'd be over in the corner of the church, or I'd be out of the church. I would have never even come to the church, mm. or I, you know, I wouldn't speak up in any scenario. That was just me, mm. and that, that, yeah, that all shifted. So, can I can I look at Andy for a second? That I've been looking at Jeff this whole time for the listener. There's a window to my right. And it is bright. And Jeff is to my <laughs> left. Help. And as I switch to Andy, you don't have to change it now. My eyes will adjust. But as I look to Andy, it was like, I just see a silhouette of Andy. Headphones, glasses, chomp hat. <laughs> chomp hat. 
Like uh, the, those are uh, are those his a snapshot of his uh, my teeth now. Sorry, I'll use the microphone like a <laughs> like a professional, like a professional. No, this is uh, this is a hat from my buddy uh, Josh Ariza, his Chomp brand. Go check Look out it up. They, he has some cool, uh, cool, cool shirts. St- I know. I have a cool t-shirt product. with these teeth on them as well. And the piece of pizza pie, pizza pie. Yeah, he, yeah. He has a, a pizza that's sliced in the shape of a peace sign, which is, is either a piece of pizza or pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, the more drinks I have, it, be, it goes from piece of pizza to pizza, pizza. You know, I know there's people listening and thinking like I've been through difficult times or I've mm. been through a change in life. And, it, you know, at the end of our podcast, we always say, Hey, if you have any, you know, comments or questions, or you want to like call in and whatnot, like these are the things like to share, like yeah. there's probably people out there in the middle of America that they have nobody to talk to or even on the sides. If you have no one to talk to and you're on the sides of America, don't let Jeff's comment stop you from sharing. And you know what? I'll accept the tops and the bottoms. <laughs> Especially the bottoms, am I right? But there are pe- and we have got we have received feedback from people who are like that episode yeah. it changed my life or I was affected or I was going to I'd actually contemplated suicide or there are so many things that come through from people that were like, Oh my gosh, I did not realize that we had this impact and impact is, is one person like in the Mm. 7 billion people, one person matters a great deal Mm. and is a miracle with on planet earth because they're God's people. And for us to have this conversation, there are people out there listening right now that are like, I'm have this challenge. I've had this difficulty. I've I've not had anybody to talk to. We'd love to hear. Yeah. Like you like send us a message. We'd love to connect and and hear what you have to say and who knows. That may end up being you having an interview on our podcast where we can just hear your story because stories are what cuts through all the bullshit. As long as you bring us free beer. <laughs> It depend well, let me caveat that because that's what I do. The right kind of free the right beer. Kind of free beer. Yeah. yeah. As long yeah. Caveats. <laughs> that was Jeff Pearson as George Bush, I think. I don't know if no, he meant to, that but was, that sounds that was Scott. Yeah, that no. sounds like Caveats. Yeah, that's Scott. That's Are you sure? Yes. Oh, I know my voice. I hate my voice. Caveats. Yeah, that's Scott. Caveats. I don't know. It's uh Okay, I'm gonna play. Hold on, you try. You uh, I'm gonna try play to a Scott it, drop. I'm gonna play uh, a, a Jeff drop. Shut up, Scott. And where's Scott? What does Scott say? Good grief, this isn't gonna help. Potentiality to get juicy. Caveats. Guaranteed that Scott. Scott. Yeah. No, regardless. Bring <laughs> us the right kind of beer. Irregardless. Uh, irregardless. <laughs> irregardless. Um, yeah, I, I think I might have said nobody mentioned this comment uh, a f- several episodes ago, but we have a mutual friend that recently lost his mom, and um, he listens to the podcast regularly, I, I believe, and 
I had reached out just saying, hey, man, I'm sorry. And um, Dude, I did not. I was at church. I think this is the same person. I, I don't think he'd mind. His name is no, Tyson. Right. But I was at church. I did not even know Hi, Tyson. this until yesterday at church. Mm. It's Monday. And... And I'm at church Sunday, and I hear I hear this in my like it that hurt. I mean, my heart hurt mm. for for him, for family, and for he recently lost his mom, yeah, as well. That and we're friends. This is very recently, right? And he but said anyway. thank, he th- he said thanks for the BBB. So we hear from people. It doesn't always get read on on the feedback portion, but we appreciate feedback and. um I don't know. Well, I like having people a part of this. Hopefully, you know, some of these conversations can be honest enough that it's like, oh yeah, I I could I could use that. I can that will help me in me processing what I'm going through and it puts a little wind in the sails of us to hear back from people. So feel free to do that. Not that we're ending this episode necessarily. I wanted to hear from Andy. If 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 you have anything related to if there's a field and your parents took the ball and moved it forward from their parents and them and then you take the ball and you're 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 passing it on to your kids like is there any specific examples that you know from your grandparents down to your parents down to you that have changed if that's not too awkward or personal No, it's not awkward or personal. Like like that you you're aware of like, oh, I saw how my parents changed this for the yeah. better and gave that to me, and then maybe it'll go forward from there. Um, well, I know my grandparents were very unemotional. My dad's parents were Dust Bowl Okies that came over mm. from Oklahoma and lived a super hard life. And so they they were very like closed off emotionally. But they moved from Oklahoma to California. Yeah. Yeah, so the the book Grapes of Wrath is quite literally their story. Mm. Like um it it's the same group of people. It's based on it's it's based on the same same people. Um and it's pretty accurate. And the cities that they talk about in there is that's where my grandparents went and my aunts and uncles and things like that too. So pretty rough time. And uh so my dad was born out of that situation and he he made a decision at some point along the way that um he was he would be different and became a christian and um i don't know the relationship between him becoming a christian and his own his own emotional like his own level of comfort with his emotions yeah but um but he's a very emotional guy and like I remember growing up and seeing him like tear up in movies yeah and things like that and it wasn't uncommon yeah so uh so that I and it's interesting I think my mom's emotional too but I almost wonder if my dad is more emotional maybe I don't know if I'm just using the movie scale I think I've seen my dad cry more in movies than my mom <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's worth it that feels that like makes the, sense that feels like the right scale that I can use. So I, I, I had that modeled growing up. Yeah. And, and that was a, that was something that I was used to. So uh like I don't mind crying in a good movie or 
uh, it's kind of funny. Last night we were at home after hanging out with all of you lovely people and I was laying on the couch and it seems silly. There's a, there's a Ben Folds album that he came out with, right? It was his first like solo album where it wasn't Ben Folds five. Anyway, there's some song called still fighting it. That's like really sweet. And I was like, it's laying on the couch and listening to, it. and it's about the dad, this dad, like talking to his son. And yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard it. I'll see if I can, we can add it in later on in post. Just what's kidding. the song called? It's called Still Fighting It. You could probably even pull it up right I'll now. Pull it up right now. You yeah. Talking. You, yeah. You just l- lay that sucker down in the background and then I'll start crying while we were talking. <laughs> while we're talking. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think I, I don't, I've not had a, a hard, I've had good examples of, of being okay. I'm fortunate to have good examples of being okay with your emotions and, um, and not, uh, not necessarily suppressing them. It doesn't mean that I don't have times where I do that. Like you were kind of alluding to it earlier, Jeff, like there's, there's a place and a time where we feel comfortable or not, not with, with certain people, um, expressing, right. Oh, do you need to get on the Wi-Fi? by the way? That's all right. I'm hopping on my hotspot. I can give you on the Wi-Fi. Hey, man, I got so much Wi-Fi. All right, give me that. Yeah, just go to McRouter. McRouter 2.4. No, no, go, man, go with the 5 gigahertz. Yeah, well, that came out first. What's the password? All right, hold on. Give me the thing. You smell the hair. Oh, you don't want to say the password on the internet? Yeah, let me say the password on the internet. Hey, everybody. It's 555. You- the Wi-Fi. 678. Wait, that's yeah. my ex-boyfriend's the number. The Wi-Fi is Brock Chabama. Jirakbar Jabrama. Uh, yeah, so so I feel I feel comfortable. Um, well, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but I I had I had an example growing up of parents who were okay being emotional, and um, and it was I think there was you know there was highs and lows throughout that, so they they were okay sharing showing emotions whether they were frustrated and angry whether they were good morning son oh this is it keep going power through oh my gosh <laughs> let me grab the kleenex it's sweet it's just about a son talk news or dad talk news son about like growing up and yeah him maybe some fries just say maybe some fries that was fantastic yes. It's it's sweet. So I was like sitting there on the couch and and I was crying last night when I was hearing this. And uh, Lindsay's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, I am. Everything's fine. It's fine. Can't you but, tell? So when I first heard this song, I was right out of college and had made, um, I'd just gotten out of a really terrible, stupid relationship and, um, like felt really bad about my life and felt pretty, um, disillusioned and, um, yeah, just disappointed in myself. Mm. And, uh, 
And it's funny because that's probably part of what uh, hearing that song reminded me of was just, you know, at that time, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So I, this is not striking me as something that I, I'm relating to because it's not part of my life yet. Right. And now it's like being on the other side where that is that is part of my life. Connecting back to that time as well, there's this this weird math that wasn't happening in my head very well. I couldn't I couldn't explain the math that was happening in my head, but for whatever reason there was a connection between those that point in time and then fast forwarding to today and and now like feeling at some level I was living out that song. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's there is a little bit of like you know our, as our kids are getting older and you know my oldest is in high school and the next one's in junior high and there's not that many years left where they're at home you know like that clock is ticking the nostalgia yes. demon loudly it's not even nostalgia for me it's like uh you're trying to hold on to what's there right now you know so some of that is, uh, yeah. That's and, just premature nostalgia. Oh. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Pre-stalgia. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> it probably is. It will eventually grow up to it be. It will become own. nostalgia, will, yeah. One day, <laughs> it tries hard and it works every every weekend on it. It can become its own grown-up nostalgia. But yeah, so so I, I, I think I'm fortunate with that. Um and it doesn't uh, like it, that'll happen to me. I think I'll get uh, emotionally interrupted in church sometimes, and especially like it pisses me off when I'm at a church and they get done with like a really powerful worship set, and I'm like, okay, man, I need like five minutes to kind of pull pull things back together, right? And they're like, turn to the person next to you who you've never met before. Wipe the tears from your face and shake their hands. I'm like, shake their hands and pretend you're going to be best friends. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I yeah. Just, especially someone I don't know. Yeah. I feel like churches in general, just drop, unless, it, unless you can do that well, just drop it. Quit doing that. Our church used to never do that. And that was one of the selling points. It's like, hey, we're not going to make you oh, do stupid things that I you keep, don't like. I keep doing, no, I just do, when they're like, everybody stand, I'm like, delete. Like, I did not hear, I'm going to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And if I feel like being a player, then I'll get up with everybody because I'm like, I'm neutral right now. But if I don't feel like I'm not doing sure that, that's what being a player is. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> church, Jeff was a real player at church today. <laughs> Welcome to Mountain View. Yeah. We hope you're doing well. No, but there's or not. There's whatever. That, <laughs> <laughs> and only because I know the worship leader, and he's like, "Would everybody stand with me?" I'm like, "Okay, friend, I will stand with you for you." But if it was anybody else. (laughs) Right. It's like, I know my personality is like, okay, when you hear like, just, you know, you don't all have to do this, but as a posture of just openness, like put your hands open and up, face them up. Like instantly I'm like, 
fuck that. My my hands are closed and they're down. I'm putting my hands as down as I can. Lisa will look at me and just like give me a look like I know you're gonna do the opposite. <laughs> just like yeah, the there's Zach there, tucked there's his something. hands into his socks. <laughs> <laughs> there is something to that. It's like I'm like no. I feel yeah. like those those comments are for people who are having challenges of really opening up to like you know it's kind of like being an introvert yeah it's like yeah don't be an introvert open up god's waiting for you it's like you know what let people be because it's only awkward for the people who are having difficulty i don't know if 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 you would stand right now okay i'm standing and now i'm all i'm thinking about is i'm standing and i was told to stand so i guess this is you know artificial because it's really I think we should have a listener poll. Listeners, like, let us know if you have ever had a meaningful interaction in one of those scenarios from a Sunday morning. I would love to know. Because maybe someone's like, yeah, I went there. And you know what? Met my wife. Yeah. We became lifelong friends. Our kids met. Now they're married. Like, or from that. Maybe that happened. This last Sunday, there was a point where they're like, if everybody would hold their hands in the air, I'm like, oh, my God. The first, my first thought was, oh, my wife's not comfortable with doing that. I like thought you were going to say, I thought they said, would everyone hold hands in the air? <laughs> Very different. <laughs> we are the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I look over and I, I'm like, my wife's hands are in the air, but it's almost like, put your hands up. You're under arrest. <laughs> I'm looking over like, I'm like, I've never seen my wife. Oh my God. She'll uh, never listen to this, but I'm looking over and I'm like, because I'm totally I, at yeah. some point, yeah. God's like, let go yeah. and just like be in a totally uncomfortable spot. And I look over at my wife and I'm like, there's no way she's comfortable with putting her hands up in the air. In fact, that's why she's in the arrest position. Like, <laughs> hands up. It wasn't a like, woo. It was just like, okay, I'm, I'm got my hands up. Tanya, don't spread your legs. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's what they tell you to do. They put your hands up, spread, spread your, your legs. legs. That's, at least that's what we're going with. Tanya goes over to the wall. It's <laughs> a fucking wall. Uh, facing the wall. Like, honey, where are you going? <laughs> we're not under arrest. We're just worshiping. Oh, well. Somebody well. just visiting. Is that woman going to get handcuffed? What is happening right I don't now? I understand. We're doing a real time uh, arrest. <laughs> Been handcuffed by the We're going to literally break the chains of bondage that are holding Tanya down. So <laughs> please cuff her so that we can continue with this. Uh, anyway, it was, uh, it, I would have loved to turn around and seen like how everybody was. Cause yeah. not, I remember being told that many years ago. Like, if you would just put your hands just in front of you, like palms yeah. up. And I'm like, okay, if you're not. If you don't even know what that's for, if you don't even know what having your like if hands you're not going to put a beer in my open hand, <laughs> Shut I'm up. not doing it. It's going back in my sock. You can catch <laughs> Zach's AA meeting after church. Now I'm just like hands open, like down around your waist and outward, and holding your just hands open. It's um, when I was first told that, I'm like, I ain't doing that. What the hell is that? Like, yeah. uh, like what am I doing here? It was. Uh, I kept my hands by my side, and I did I had no idea. Um, and so 
I'm curious. No, God, no, no. God, no. Sorry, we're, no. we're Zach's we're, starting to. He's, um, do you want to split this one? This one's a double. I'll split it with you. Otherwise, yeah. there's only a pale yeah. ale left. I'll split that. I'll split that. This is really What's good. Dogfish head, yeah. ninety and minute I, IPA. Anyway, anyway, I didn't mean to send us down the uncomfortable. Wrong. Okay. Uncomfortable, like being told what to do in church. It's like, yeah, nope. And especially at our church, like that's never been a thing. Like, yeah. we're n- you don't tell people what to do, even if the worship leader feels like, hey, you know what? I'm feeling this. You're feeling this, but what about the? 200 individuals that you're looking at are they feeling that like stand up that's why i'm like you know what if the worship leader's like do you know if everybody would do this it's like my thought is if you're in another place stay there if you're like talking to god right now stay there and everybody else get up so i'm kind of i'm kind of like like hey everybody go 65 miles per hour everybody's gonna do whatever the hell they want to do yeah, it is. It's a variation. I'm uncomfortable with the like call and response. Like, hey, has anybody had this happen? Everybody raised their hands. But it's a way of getting yes, people involved. I masturbated too. <laughs> it's like you preemptively, you prematurely raise your hand, like not knowing what's happening. You're the enthusiastic social one. You're like, yeah, me too. And then he's pastor's like, raise your hand if Jeff's hand shoots up. <laughs> if you struggle with masturbation and porn. Oh, oh shit! Gosh darn it! Uh, again, but there is a, now I resent the, like, let me make you do this. I'm like, I will not be mind controlled. I know what you're doing and I'm not going to do it. Jesus about freedom. But it is this, it's a body language thing, which works, but it only works if you're in it. So, so like an example from my house is like when I'm walking by the breakfast table, we're starting the day. Oftentimes, one of the kids or both of them are sitting at the table eating or getting ready, and their posture is terrible, kind of like mine is right now. It's just like as curved as your back can be, like sitting as low as possible at the kitchen table. Question and I'll mark. Come up, I'll come up. <laughs> my behind, wife yeah, always corrects me mark. at the computer table. She's like, you realize you're bending over it. Yeah. I'll come up. I'll put my right hand on the smaller back and I'll go into like a choker position around their neck (laughs) and I'll very gently at this point they're trained. Like I'll just do a little tap and they'll like straighten right up. But there is like, it's like a tone setter. How you're, it's a version of 11th vertebrae. You know, Jordan Peterson gets, is a controversial person, but some of his 12 rules for life are just ironclad, basic life tips, like clean your room Stand up straight with your shoulders back. Like even if you're not feeling it, that will change how you change how changes how you yes. are perceived, and that will oh, change totally. how you take in the data from yeah. other people, and it will make you operate in the world in a much better place. So I think the like open your palms, put your palms up, and we're all together. If you're in that, that can it's a very different posture. It's open. There's a there's a good version of that, which is yeah. the person leading unpacks this a little bit hey yeah. and i've actually heard that as there's a connecting some of those movements to different like a progressive prayer hey we're gonna as we pray first i want you to pray you know everyone's eyes are closed with your hands open and now put your hands down and now put your hands up and they, and it, they connect it to different things as you put your hands down now i want you to you know as you pray silently to god that you're releasing things from your life and when you right. turn them up you know so 
yes, there is something to those physical postures that we have that connect when it's done well, when someone's leading from the front and they're doing well and they're like inviting you into it rather than like telling you, forcing you, or telling you and, and they're actually unpacking it and explaining what's going on and why these things are happening. Like I, I'm much more interested in uh, engaging and following along yeah. when it's just, come on, church, get your hands up. Uh, no. Come on, everybody, sing for Christ's sakes! Literally, Christ's sakes. The Holy Spirit. That's yeah. Jeff. I, like, I, can't, I don't know if I. I don't know if I get the Holy Spirit. Yes, blasphemy. Blasphemy of, of me. me. <laughs> <laughs> How many Hawaiian punches I had that night? That's right up there with any one of uh, Joe Biden's. Like whatever words he's making up these <laughs> days. Right. When you try to say blasphemy, I I I can't even do it now. Bla- it's now become me blasphemy. Of the Holy of Spirit. Me. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It deserves this. Double exclamation. <laughs> it's so stupid. All right. Well, boys. We did something. We did do something. Hey, I'm glad this happened. Yeah. This is one of the more emotional ones and, you know. It might not be for everyone, but I know it will be for some people in a very special way. So I appreciate people for following along and being with us. And this was uh, some real shit. It was real life, which sometimes can be shit. But this was a good shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know when you take a really good... (laughs) Just like Shooter McGavin... We eat pieces of shit like this for breakfast. <laughs> no, there is something about there is something about sharing life with people yeah. that is, like I said earlier, is cathartic. So, yeah, this was a good podcast in that sense. Thank you for not saying doing life. Something about doing life and really just what did I say? Sharing life. Oh, you right. know, a version of it. Everyone- you meant it. Just go do life together and love on each other. And speak life into another person. Speak into that. Can you speak into that for a moment? I'm going to lean into you as you speak into Jeff's life. You know, I'm going to come aside, you guys. Can you speak into Lee? Can you speak into Lee? <laughs> I'm going to come alongside you guys. <laughs> like you to speak we'll edit in, that out. to leaning into... And as you're doing that, just love on the person next to you. Love on a stranger. Uh, These are some of the things I wish. Yes. I recognize reluctantly as a as sometimes reluctant Christian. Just don't wor- don't let that trigger you. Don't worry about that. Uh, the language mm. that Christianese throws me, but I recognize that in this universe, sometimes there's yeah. There's only one way to communicate a thing that is Christianese. Right. Yeah. And I have to like be in a place where I'm like, okay, I, I will allow that. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody that I don't know. If I were to complain about Christianese right now, we'd probably never speak again and they wouldn't be my friend. <laughs> so I have to allow it. Well, the the thing of, if you, the Christianese of like, you know, love on or, you know, come alongside or literally, you two, me, you two have done that today. Just listening to my my 
my story of like just going mm. through life with trying to put together my mom's memorial video and listening to songs and then taking me back to many years of just life with my mom. That is what it all is. Yeah. That's loving people where they're at. And, and I like that. I would not say that I loved on you today, Jeff, but I will say that I love you and I'm here for you. And yeah. I, I yeah. any chance I can embrace you and make you cry more reluctantly, I will. <laughs> and there and it's and it's a no regret thing of right. like right. I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna listen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like really just love this person by listening to them. And that mm. is I mean, for people listening, going out and doing that and listening to friends, you know, share with you, mm. asking good questions that will bring about something for them to share that it's a little, yeah. it can be vulnerable, it can be intimate, um, and there's something cathartic about that that just, it heals our soul, but it also fills us up. Yeah. If it doesn't heal us, it just fills us up and it it passes it on to for them to hopefully you know listen to somebody yeah. else. I think I think all of that stuff starts if you're willing to show up and be your real self with other people. Right. And um and be intentional about finding other people who are like minded, who are interested in doing that too. I think I think I heard once that there's someone mentioned to me uh, there's there's probably a lot of people at at churches who would love to have you know the some version of what we have right right which is friends who feel more like family and we've been incredibly intentional about merging our lives together right i it and it shows up in that we are <laughs> our families are always together multiple times per week and and some of the kids are dating each other god dang man oh man it's happening keep going and and i think uh, when that when the person mentioned that to me like yeah well hey i mean not everybody has that and yeah and i wondered and i'm not going to take us down a whole nother trek but but i did wonder what uh like what what is the catalyst for that like what what are the the parts of the formula that that make that happen and i think i think it's ultimately like yes there can be some luck did you just happen to find your people and you lucked out and 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 then the other part of it too is are you willing to come into the situation and palms up not palms down in your socks like yeah. zach <laughs> don't put your fists in your socks like zach does it's yeah. a posture it's a vulnerability like going out there like being open to and how often do we hear about people that are like, I, yeah, I wish I could have that. I, I would love to be able to have that. And so maybe the question for those people are, are you stepping forward and setting that tone? Are you the one that's like saying, okay, I will open the door and I will, I will be vulnerable first. And because maybe the other people that are around you are waiting for that too. Maybe. And they just needed someone to go. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a it's a room full of people who are all feeling the same things and no one's actually saying it and we're all just kind of like looking around it takes like, one courageous yeah. soul it's to all it like takes to, to reach out yep 
that one guy that started the it dance. It just takes one. It takes one guy wearing red sweatpants to be like, hey, can I hold your hand? You're like, what? <laughs> Why would you want to hold my hand? I'm just kidding. It take, I, So I tell my high schooler, it's, it's like you see other people, you feel vulnerable, you don't want to reach out. That's what 99% of the other kids are feeling yeah. too. And they all want friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes somebody taking that step. Yeah. I wish I could go back to high school and just be who I am now. Yeah. I Life would be, I don't know how many. You mean like old? <laughs> God, Jeff, Jeff with sweatpants. No, no, freshman God, Jeff, Jesus. forty, forty-eight-year-old gym teacher Jeff, seventy-eight-year-old Jeff. Now the hey kids, hey, <laughs> your hair looks like it smells good. <laughs> you guys, hey, you come guys. here, Becky. Can I smell that? Well, we go run a, Well, <laughs> let's go run three miles. I'll put you guys oh, down. You think they got stuff at the cafeteria? No. After church on Sunday, I came out. I'm sitting around people that I'm comfortable with, like I'm friends with. My wife was talking to somebody, another couple's wife, and and I look over and I see a guy just sitting on the side, and I'm like, boop, I'm up, I'm gone. Next thing I know, I'm in a 15 minute conversation with with this guy and hearing his story, and I'm like, boom, like thank you, Jesus, yeah, like. That was never my life 12 years ago and going backwards ever. I don't know. Well, I do know that how that happens. Yeah. But there is something about Jesus going, yeah, you and you and you and you and people like, wait, that and that and that and that? No way. And Jesus is like, oh, yeah. the Those that are off to the side, those that are on the perimeter, those that are unseen, that's where we're going. I wonder, the, the thought just came to mind, I wonder if now more than uh, any other time in recent history, is, it, is the, the need for human connection the highest? Just coming off of a terrible lockdown year where we all felt siloed, or much of the world felt siloed. Yep. This it it may be more important now than ever. Yeah, to safely yeah get that. Pe- people need human contact. It, it is remarkable that you could give a newborn baby all of the nutrients it needs f- to grow and thrive and succeed, and if it doesn't have human contact, that baby will die. Like that is that is so powerful to me, and I I don't think. While we may grow up with enough contact to survive, human thriving and flourishing, mm-hmm. absent physical contact with people you know and love and trust, and they can feel known and loved and trust, you, you just got to have that. Well, uh, I totally forgot about this, but this last week in, in my class, I had a kid who just he keeps kind of like wanting attention. And I, those kids, this boy, I'm like, do you need a hug? I this has happened before. No. I've said this on the podcast, and he, and and the kind of people were like jeering a little bit, like oh blah blah blah, like laughing and stuff. And I'm like, do you need a hug? You seem like you just need some attention. Do you need yeah. a hug? That kid stood up, and I got another hug in my class. Mm. And and I was, dude, my daughters. 
Um, <laughs> you should have taken it live on the air. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Um, and I gave this kid a hug, and pe- and I know every time that happens, mm. when I hug a kid in class, you're at risk of a lawsuit. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but people, the kids in that class, realize they there's yeah. something that transfers, like God's love is transferring. Yeah. Seeing the hug and and like there's a yearning, like I want, like I want mm. to be loved. I want people to see me. I want people to care about me. I want people to love me. I want to I want people to listen to me. And I that's just not happening. And and Andy, to your point, like people, the physical contact, being heard and just yeah. and people recognizing you is people think they're just going through life and I'm like, none of that is happening to where it needs to happen. And if it did, people would be full of life. Yeah. So there's something there. Oh my gosh. There is something there. Everything is there. It's how the world changes and gets better. Amen. It's through human understanding. Not more of this like left, right bullshit in or out connect. Yeah. Outside of, But I will say I I am super sure that youth leaders need to stop telling people they don't know that they're going to be loving on their kids. Like stop it, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Was just loving on every youth leader all week. They yeah, we are just gonna. I'm so excited to be loving on. No, Ricky, come on, we're going. We're leaving right now. Yeah, we're leaving right now. (laughs) Mom, I just wanted to hang out with us. No, no, No. we're leaving now. (laughs) That's a good point. Speaking of good points, all right, boys, what have you been consuming this past week? Yeah, I feel like we missed this. We We, did miss this. We've had a few episodes where we're under the gun time-wise. It's nice to do this. I'm going to go first. Okay. And this wasn't this past week. It's been last because we haven't shared. Yeah. I I was told to watch The Chosen. I'd put it off for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I went and I watched The Chosen. I believe it's available on Peacock. Well, it's also available on Pure Flix. I traded in Showtime. Don't give them your money. I, I... Traded in Showtime, HBO, and something else. It's a mistake, Jeff. And Hulu for Pure Flix. That's terrible. You're an asshole. I am. <laughs> Thank you for the hug before this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I watched The Chosen, and it is phenomenal. I am I was floored, and I'm a visual person, so seeing the gospel play out in like fantastic acting, I was mm. I was. I was engrossed in. I've heard it's pretty good. It's. It, I have. Too. I was. I was told that it was really good. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, um, this. Is a, I have yeah. a caveat. Anyway, caveat. I've heard. Thank you for saying that, Jeff. Um, I have heard that it is good from enough people that are like. So you know, okay, backtracking. My frame of reference when I hear about a faith based or a Christian show made by Christians for right. Christian purposes, I'm automatically out. Right. I'm, I'm, it's stupid. It's going to be dumb. So was I. Now, I have heard from enough people that are like, they reluctantly are like, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Like people in <laughs> yeah. the same frame of mind as me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to check this out. But it is on Peacock and Pure Flix. But I think on Peacock, the free version, you can get it. This yeah. feels like more information than we need. Probably. <laughs> Sounds like... <laughs> I, we would never do that on this show, though. What are you consuming? Normally. I'm consuming how to be able to uh, properly pay for the rights. <laughs> I'm saying don't get Content. Pure Flix your money. Get it for free on Peacock. All right. Whatever. 
Zach? Or, or do if you're a oh, man, just pay for both caveats. Just go ahead and give them all your money. Well, my wife and I are about to wrap up probably tonight the last episode of The White Lotus on HBO. Oh, oh. <laughs> The White Lotus. I watched it all. Oh my gosh. My wife and I don't even know what we watched. Yeah. You told me about this. It's a, um, you will be riveted if you like good drama. It's very good drama. Actually, it came to mind earlier in the conversation when we were talking about being real. And totally cynical teenagers. There's this moment where a a teenager is kind of hanging out with somebody that works on this resort. It's a Hawaiian resort, if you don't know, that all these different people go to, they're all on vacation. And so you get like four different storylines throughout this episode that are somehow connected and it's pretty well written and well done. And it's, it's worth a watch if you like kind of mystery drama, dark comedy as well. Um, but this, one of the teenage daughters meets this Hawaiian native that's a part of the hotel, uh, staff and through their conversation, she's just like, wow, you're, you're real. And he's like, yeah, I'm very real. And if you, if you watch this show, the daughters, they live in the fake and it's constantly snarky, constantly making fun of like, what do you, what do you stand for? God only knows mm. what they stand for. They, they major in tearing shit down, which is the easiest thing to do. And I feel like that's what, that's what's going on mostly in life these days is mm. tearing stuff down. They're psycho woke. And so when she comes in contact, she's like, wow, you're, you're real. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's my life. Yeah, brother. I'm so real, brother. Do you want to come down to, to the beach? <laughs> we'll edit that out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's, the, the, act, the, the actual part is pretty good. Like he's a good, he, not your accent. It's not even <laughs> capturing it because he's like, no, this is just like the life we live. We work and we, and she's like, you're being taken advantage of blah, blah, blah. You got to get ahead. Look yeah. at all the spam I got, brother. <laughs> oh so good. Gosh. That's, that's, that's actually Jamaican. a really good. No, that's, that's a good, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Andy's on retreat, an island retreat. here. Uh, maybe Andy will get canceled. We can still do this podcast <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's a that's a interesting right, show. Lotus. Also, I've I'm among the fourteen books that I'm reading, but will never finish. Is the Universal Christ by Richard Rohr, who is um, Franciscan monk. Franciscan monk. Um, he is in good standing with the Catholic Church. Some people would like to see him ousted because he's a little out there. Um, but his first book that I would recommend, this is like the sequel to The Divine Dance, which is the subtitle is The Trinity and Your Transformation. It's a very contemplative, contemplative approach to the Trinity. And he's he's really good at like the 30,000 foot view of like what is going on with God and how he relates to people, how God relates to God's Mm. self in the Trinity. And then the sequel is the universal Christ. Um, If you're general evangelical Christian, it's going to be out there, but I would encourage people if it sounds interesting to read it um, and you don't have to agree with all of it, but I think he he's good at the big picture of what God is doing in the world um, and if you're down on the ground floor with 
all the details. Well, but the Bible says this, and you know, there's a lot of different details about the granular approach to understanding God. He won't appeal to you. So definitely Scott would say he's a heretic and he might in fact be a heretic, but that's how the world changes through heresy. I thought this was, uh, what are you consuming? Not how are you shilling for R- Richard Rohr? <laughs> well, I get, I'm getting, you, are you being paid on the side by Richard Rohr? How do you think I brought this beer here? Oh, thanks for that, Richard Rohr. Thanks for all the beers, man. Roar. Hey, man. Roar. This is Rohr. He puts the Richard in the Rohr. Rohr. No, he puts the he roars guys, like a Richard. What? What? Oh, it's creepy. That's a you guys are creepy. Right. Uh, that's good. I am halfway through the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast. Mars oh, I could have mentioned that too. Yeah, so good. What do you think? So I'm halfway through. It's really good. It's fascinating. Wait, Mars Hill, the church? Mars Hill, the Mark Driscoll church yes. in Seattle. Not the former Rob Bell, Mars Hill in yeah, Michigan. Yeah, 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 other yeah, Mars yeah, Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Holbert call but out. We'll wait for that other. It, there'll, there'll be another podcast. That's there might the, be. The other Mars, <laughs> the other. Rise and Fall, <laughs> Rise and Fall of the other Mars Hill. Yeah. Um, no, this was, uh, this is Mark Driscoll's church. So it's fascinating. Uh, one of my closest friends from college went to that church. And when I get through the whole podcast, I want to talk to him a little bit and find out. And then maybe I, he can come on the show. Maybe he could. And then I also know, uh, like I, I, he's more of a friend of a friend, but I know uh, a guy who was a worship leader for the Orange County outlet of Mars Hill Church down here. And so I, I'd be curious what his his take um, on the what what was his experience, but rise and fall of Mars Hill, and it's it's very fascinating. If you know anything about Mark Driscoll, he was a is was is a polarizing figure. Dude, wasn't he supposed to be a guest on our podcast? He was a one time, yeah. and he pulled out. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about Day that before. Shot all over. Yeah, it didn't well, work out. His his assistant pulled out. Yeah, on his behalf. Did I? I want to know how or why that happened. It, yeah. We heard your podcast and that was enough. So that's, uh, he grew a giant, giant mega church that will, uh, giant up in, up in Seattle that spawned yeah. other churches throughout. And then massive. everything came crashing and burning to the ground. And, uh, yeah, he is a very polarizing figure. What's that on? It's on Spotify. Okay. Or it's on anywhere. Oh, it's, a part, your oh, it's podcast. a podcast. Yeah, it's a okay. podcast. It's, it's made by Christianity Today. Yeah. It's really well done. It's super, super well done, well produced. Well researched. And it's fair, I think. I think it's fair. There's they, a lot of pushback, but there's a lot of... Uh, and people who were hurt and burned in the church will... Really? They share those things, but they share the times that like... I mean, they share things like, yeah, we don't... I don't know. I don't know the count of how many single women mark paid for their their mortgage or their rent or bought them food or took care of them like wow yeah like they're like i don't i don't i don't know the number it's it's huge wow so uh it's incredible it's a really yeah so it's a fascinating story um to just to see how some something someone like that can rise to such an elevation and have some really great fruits coming out of what he was doing, but also just like a trail of bodies left behind too. Yikes. Like proudly. Yeah. Like that's one of the quotes. I have the trailer. 
oh. the short trailer. Can I play it? Yeah, yeah, hit Please. it. Wait for it. Buffering. Buffering. Really? Oh. Here we go. We'll edit this out. Yeah, yeah we, we totally will. You we'll have a Twitter this. notification, Zach. Are you Twittering? Are you tweeting? Coming you t- Tuesday, June 22nd. I'm intrigued already. I like this. This whole of Christianity is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Oh, yeah. In 1996, a young, brash pastor named Mark Driscoll planted Mars Hill Church in Seattle. Our pastor was friends with him. I'm Irish. We have two emotions, pissed off and asleep. That's our spectrum. Irish and drunk. By 2014, they'd grown into a church of nearly 15,000 people in 15 locations in four states. Fast forward, though, to January 1st, 2015, and Mars Hill was gone. What? In some ways, Mars Hill's story is like no other. But in others, it's a window into much that shapes the evangelical church in North America today. There's a body count of young pastors whose ability rose them to prominence before their character was ready for it. Mm, a prevailing that's a good justification line. for pretty much all the carnage that happened within Mars Hill was, hey, look at the fruit. What we see on platforms, on social media, on Sunday mornings, can often be a veneer hiding a culture that's much more complex and sometimes ugly underneath. He could demand absolute obedience, and he did. So you question him, you're out. You know, you're if you're not with us, you're against us. That's what I say. And yet the ugliness gets tolerated because what's happening in a church like Mars Hill can be so stunning. You'd be a I'm good in the cult tank leader. Baptizing people, like they were just coming I in the clubs. It was overwhelming. We didn't have towels. We didn't have shirts. It was beautiful. And so then you're like, ah, oh, you know. So I got yelled at in the meeting. But on the whole, it's a pretty amazing week. From Christianity Today comes a new podcast. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It's an exploration of the story we think we know. A story about power, platform, and fame. But it's a bigger story, too. We want to understand how this keeps happening. And we want to take an unflinching look at the cost of this phenomenon. You know, you served on a staff like this. You didn't really think it had an impact on you. But two years later, you find yourself in my office talking about a little bit of depression and a little bit of anxiety. And by the way, I have these constant headaches. And I'll say, well, that's trauma. It just felt like death. There is a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus. There it is. Yep. And by God's Ouch. grace, it'll be a mountain by the time we're done. By God's uh, grace, it'll be a mountain. You get on the bus or you get run over by the bus. Those are the options. The rise and fall of Mars Hill. That's good. Mount Sinai. Subscribe today wherever you get. So, uh, yeah, I'm halfway through it. It's fascinating. It's really good. And then the other thing is I just picked up a systematic theology book, which is about Two inches thick. Grudem? Yeah, Wayne Grudem. Yeah. Grudem? Hardly Damn no. near killed him. <laughs> Hardly guys, knew him. You guys are so him. well read, and you have a plethora of podcasts you listen to. Go on. Speak slower, though. <laughs> I don't I don't listen to that many. I actually... But this one... I don't listen to more than one. I believe I, I, sh- I shot a I message you me. to you and, and my wife, Lisa. Yeah. Because you guys are on the board, I'm like, this might be good for yeah. the board to listen to. It's good. So that that one's good. And then I'm and I'm looking forward to I'm reluctantly looking forward to getting into this systematic theology book. My dad recommended. He's like, hey, it's just a good thing. He's like, if you if you're having a podcast where you're trying to somehow wade into the in, into any concepts about theology, he's like, this is just foundational. You should just 
know some of these things. That's not a bad idea. Do, it's, do we hear from Mark Driscoll in that in that podcast? I don't think I don't think just he's, sound bites. They have reached they they have reached out. They're like, please contribute to this or yeah. set your rec, your side of the story. He declines it. He's running okay. Trinity Church. Sure. I don't know if that's the exact name. It's in Arizona. Now, he wrote a book called Spirit-Filled Jesus. When it right. came out, right. I was contacted by them t- to have him on the show. Yep. Yeah. My first reaction, because I know about some the, the downfall and all that, was like, no, I don't want to. Then I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. That'd be good podcasting. How yeah, can I great. make this? How can I ask good questions to bring some good information out? So we say yes. They sent us three copies of the book. Right. Um, and I read most of it. I, I, I read got, the whole thing. I got into the first chapter. And that's pretty, that's on brand for Jeff. Yeah. It's pretty good though. That's good reading, Jeff. No, I mean, you usually get the gist of what you're about to read in that first chapter. But the day of, we got the message from the assistant. Hey, something, basically something came up. He has to reschedule. Yeah, whatever. And then I never heard back again. I responded, mm. never heard back again. So maybe they saw all the explicits next to our episodes and they got scared or who knows? Maybe they knew that I was going to bring the thunder of journalistic integrity and ask him all the right questions. But um, it was probably that letter. Yeah, definitely. We need to reach out to him again or his publicist or whomever because he, that is, I mean, that's a legit person in Christianity in terms of, I want to know the story of the inception of the church, the like the meat and bones of Mars Hill. Well, if you're interested, check out the rise and no, no, fall of Mars Hill by right. Christianity Today. Yeah. But, hearing it, but hearing it from the individual who is that's in the, the thing heart is, of it, that's not, the it's not going to happen. He's, if, if he's not uh, going to tell them, he's definitely not going to tell us. Yeah. And as you list, the more sound bites you hear from him, it's just, you just don't. And, and also... According to some people that were that were connected with him, you touched my toe. I totally touched your toe. Weird. I just loved on your toe. Hey. <laughs> I just leaned. I hope you're laughing with us. I want you to imagine. You one, can laugh at us. Too. One male touching another male's. You touched my toe. Toe with you his put your hand. toe close to my hand on my armrest. <laughs> but my, there are people my that chair. people. I feel like I'm in Ted Lasso for a moment. He's he's got this new church, and for whatever it's worth, and if you listen to this podcast, I hope you do. People that know people that are sort of affiliated with Trinity Church, his new church in Arizona, say there's very similar tactics going on. Huh. A lot of like get with us or you're done. Oh, um, I kind of want to visit that church. I do, I know, and I'm right with you. My my intentions are not good. Well, it's just more like. I'm just curious. Yeah. Oh, totally. But he's, man, he, he was a powerhouse of a preacher. Yeah. Probably still is. Yeah. Like really gifted in a way that's like, he's almost too gifted. Like they, they alluded to at the beginning, like he was so gifted and so young, like his wisdom hadn't developed to a point to kind of corral his character. He was like Icarus and he flew too close too to close the side. But they, dude, they use that as a re as a as an excuse or a reason for why we can dismiss that person. Because I'm not like Wait, wait, what do you mean? I'm talking Who's use, the they? Who's the person? So I Dris- Driscoll is the person and the wording of he 
he didn't have enough character or he didn't have enough maturity or you he, need to listen to this podcast okay you need to yeah okay. you you won't you won't you won't have a problem with why <laughs> with the fact that Mars Hill crashed and burned once you hear about the firsthand accounts of of people who engage with him. and Zach that makes me want to put my hands down into my socks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a bad feeling. You should try it sometime. <laughs> the only other thing that I've been watching is I went down the the uh, the total rabbit hole of this YouTube channel. It's called Vlog Creations, but the guy's name is Ross, and they do all these little pranks. I I think he might be. They might be Christians, but there's they're never. It's never ever explicit. The only reason is I, it just because it's kind of clean. It's all clean. There, I've picked up a little. My the way that my brain works, it connects all these like under un un disconnected random pieces of information, and we'll paint the picture together. My brain is going. I've caught enough little tiny things. I'm like, you're all Christians, or you at least grew up in the church. Yeah, and maybe maybe you don't fully subscribe to Christianity anymore, but you've decided to keep the moral part of it. So anyway, right. they're very they're they're really fun. And what I've what's take, the name of it again? Vlog Creations. If you go to Vlog Creations, it'll look that up on. Um, on YouTube, YouTube's, it's they're so funny and their pranks are really funny, but they'll also like let people off the hook or if they like take someone's time. Like I saw this one, they they went into this restaurant. The restaurant closes at nine o'clock. They go in at eight fifty five, and they're like, "We're gonna our goal is to see how long we can stay here, <laughs> and we're just gonna keep ordering stuff." And like they had a they had a camera in the back too, and the uh, the waitress is getting pissed off more and more pissed oh, off, no. and at the end, finally they finally let her off the hook. They're like, hey, we're just messing with you. This is a total prank. And she's like, oh my gosh. And and they're like, you were so sweet to us out here. We couldn't believe it. You're just like, okay, sure. Okay, yes, we'll get you more. Another refill. Yes, okay. <laughs> but then they like tip her 500 bucks. Nice. And she just like cries, breaks wow. down crying. That's so good. And it's so sweet. And her boss comes up and she like gives him a hug and that's a good thing on the internet. It's a very good thing. Yeah, we so, need that. So he had said something like, I wanted to I wanted to do something on the internet that showed people being courageous. He had one other thing, but it was like it it because what they're doing dude takes balls. Half the time they're just <laughs> stuff that they do to people. Like yeah. they'll go up behind them and they'll have a full length mirror behind the person and they'll walk up and they're like, Hey man. See that loser behind you? <laughs> Turn around. But they'll also go, "Hey, there's there's someone I think you should see. They're they're just a wonderful person on the inside and out, and so sweet and kind. And they're standing right behind you. And they'll do that too to the person like, oh, you didn't have to do that. But they're like just engaging with these strangers yeah, all the time and doing this stuff. That's great. They're also like from Florida and they're driving trucks through giant mud holes. So. Florida man. Yeah, it's good. Vlog creations. Anyway, I, I've I've been inspired to just be um, more fun and adventurous by watching Ooh. that. I like that. I love that, actually. Yeah. I won't say I will love on that, but I do love that. <laughs> Lean into that. Hey, everybody, you can uh, find us where? At Bros Bibles Beer on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
and brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com. And then the voicemails can be left at anchor.fm slash bbbpod. I like the voicemails. I think the voicemails are awesome. We need to make sure that we do the voicemails. Give us a voicemail and we uh, might decide to play it on here. And Voicemails. Voicemails. When he says might, he means we definitely will. Yes, definitely will. And uh, Scott, what do you think? Don't quote me, bro. Okay, well. Uh, Fine. I don't know what, you weren't even here. Defensive. Why would you be like that? Neuter me in this. Okay. In this. In this. The in this part is the weird. Neuter me in this. I don't don't want to know about that. All right, boys. It's been good. Listener, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making it to the end. I love you guys. Go share. I love you guys, and I love you guys, you listeners. I love each and every one of you individually, and I'm going to lean into this. And as <laughs> I go little... throughout my week and waiting till the next week where we record, I'm going to make sure to love on some strangers. <laughs> and grace, peace, cheers. Grace, peace, cheers. Pierce, cheers. Grace, Pearson, <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Cheers.